Welcome to a special episode of Matt's Crummy Comics Collection. I am Matt, and this special episode is part of our 2018 edition of War of the Worlds Week at NewsAz.com. Possibly our biggest War of the Worlds Week celebration yet. So, for anyone that is new to this show, this is a series where I pull a book from my... Some might say eclectic comic book collection, and we take a deep dive into the pages and see what I was thinking when I bought it, and more importantly, what I think about it now, especially now that I've read it. So, this special episode, it is a War of the Worlds Week episode, so naturally, there must be a War of the Worlds tie-in somewhere. And of course, that's true, because this episode features Evil Dead 2, Revenge of the Martians, subtitle, Evil Dead 2 meets War of the Worlds. This is a one-shot comic issue by Space Goat Publishing featuring Ash Williams from the Evil Dead movie and now TV series. This particular Ash is from the Evil Dead 2 time frame, and that distinction is important because there have been a lot of Ash slash Evil Dead comics from a lot of publishers over the years focused on different time frames for, well, mainly Ash. Dark Horse Comics, they featured two film adaptation comic issues. They did one for Evil Dead and another one for Army of Darkness. Dynamite Comics featured the Army of Darkness Ash in a ton of titles, like too many to actually list because the preamble would probably be longer than the actual episode. Marvel and Dynamite worked together to feature the Army of Darkness version of Ash. Well, not version, but the Army of Darkness timeline Ash in Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness. Wildstorm Comics, an imprint of DC, also teamed up with Dynamite for the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash series. And that leads us to the current license holder, Space Goat Publications and their Evil Dead 2 lines. This particular title was published in September of 2016, and it was part of a series of one-shot revenge titles for Ash or Evil Dead, however you want to look at it. There was Evil Dead 2 Revenge of Hitler, which uh, now knowing that, I really need to find that and read it and maybe feature it in a future episode. Evil Dead 2 Revenge of Dracula, Evil Dead 2 Revenge of the Martians, Evil Dead 2 Revenge of Jack the Ripper, and Evil Dead 2 Revenge of Krampus. Along with that, there are more Evil Dead 2 series from Space Goat Publishing, including the titles Evil Dead 2 Dark Ones Rising, Evil Dead 2 Beyond Dead by Dawn, Evil Dead 2 Cradle of the Damned, and a Christmas-themed issue, which I may pick up before the year is out, Evil Dead 2 A Merry Deadite Christmas. So, why did I buy this? I'm sure that doesn't need all that much of an explanation. I like the Evil Dead movies. I actually like Ash versus Evil Dead a lot. I had to catch up on it before Halloween Horror Nights 2017 because it was featured in a haunted house. So I've kind of gotten to re uh, acquaint myself with the Ash character and up really liking him. And of course I like War of the Worlds. So I mean, not much more explanation I think is needed to explain why I picked this up. It is a bit of a mystery how I missed the initial offering of this comic when it hit the shelves. I didn't learn about this until a friend told me about it, uh, its existence when I was telling him about our very first War of the Worlds week. So after learning about it, I ended up buying it online, which I don't normally do with comics, mainly because I like to support local comic shops, so that gets harder to do every year just because they seem to be disappearing. 
Uh, and I also, it's usually end up paying more in shipping than you do for a comic. You buy a $2 comic, you got to pay $3.99 shipping. So it doesn't seem like a real uh, fair, I was going to say return on investment, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, it doesn't seem like a real fair deal. So I try not to do it. But I could not find this title in any of the shops that I had visited once I knew this was existed. And it got to the point where it's like, I really wanted to read it. And though the hunt is fun, Sometimes you got to lay down the cash to you know get to the end result that you want, and this is one of the very rare exceptions where I shopped online and got it so I could read it. Now let's find out if it was worth uh, the uh, whatever extra cash it was. I actually don't remember, but I'm positive the shipping was equal, if not more, to the price I paid for the comic. So let's start talking about the actual comic itself. There were two covers. Actually, I found out well after my notes there were three. Uh, one, I think, was some kind of advanced copy or some kind of copy, uh, like a one place you could get a copy. But as far as the comic hitting the shelves in comic shops, there were two variants on the day it was released. So cover number one, this one is the, uh, I would say this is the more uh, appropriate cover to Ash. He is lying in front of a dead Martian He's got, the Martian has big yellow glazed over eyes. He's kind of gray, more of a, a purplish leaning towards gray color. He's got tentacles that have suckers like an octopus has. There's a little blood. Uh, actually, there's quite a bit of blood dripping out of his kind of a beaked mouth. There's blood all over the tentacles over the floor. There's blood on Ash. He's sitting down leaning against it. He's got his left knee up. He's got his left hand and a thumbs up resting on his knee and his right hand is holding a cell phone and he's winking and smiling for a selfie. And behind him are two tripods making their way towards him. This one, as much as this cover is perfect for the Ash character and for Evil Dead, I opted for the second cover, which is on the, uh, this is, it's, First off, the image is slanted towards the left. So when I say left and right, still picture that kind of about a 10 to 15 degree tilt here. On the left-hand side is a woman character, which we're going to get to, we're going to learn all about her very shortly. She's a blonde. She's screaming with her hand, hand up in fright. Ash is looking over his shoulder. We just see like from kind of his neckline up, he's turned. He's looking a little stunned, frightened, even maybe concerned. And because behind them on the left-hand side of the image are three tripods, not just, and, and this is kind of a, it's a very movie poster, a very 30s, 40s, 50s sci-fi movie poster look to it. And I think that's the intention of this, po of this I'm sorry, this cover. Below the Martian uh, tripods themselves are about 50 people running for their lives and fire coming up be, uh, behind them. And it says, kind of almost centered, it's just... Uh, below center, almost not quite two-thirds from the top, Evil Dead 2, Revenge of the Martians, and at the top, the subtitle I mentioned, Evil Dead 2 meets War of the Worlds. Uh, the look on Ash's face uh, is not something you're going to necessarily see in this comic or in this character, although, I mean, it's a, it's a still shot, so I guess you could capture that. It does not have the essence of the Ash character. I know that, but... The look of this kind of 50s-ish sci-fi poster was irresistible. Uh, as much as I like the first cover, which I like a lot, and I like I said, I really think it represents Ash better than the other cover, the overall 
I don't know, style, motif, I think more of style is a word I'm looking for, of this second cover is gorgeous. I love this cover. I mean, we're already on a great start on this. So that is the one I have, and that is what I have right here on my desk in front of me, looking or about ready to look through and get into the story. In fact, since I went ahead and said all that, why don't we do that? Oh, I guess, you know what, something I do from time to time and I don't um, mention it is this does have a cover price. It doesn't have a published date, does it? It does not. It does not. It was $3.99. $3.99 on the shelf. And I think I did pay slightly less for that, but I'm sure I paid more than that in shipping. So that's not beating that dead horse. So let's <laughs> end there. And the other thing that's kind of neat on here is that they're, it's a one-off. And I'm used to saying one-off from another series you do, the Simpsons one-shot show or one-off or one-shot. Those are the terms I'm used to. This one says it's a one-and-done variation on the same concept of just doing one title and uh, and it's not even i was gonna say a series it can't be if it's one but doing one one issue of a specific title and being done i've not heard it called one and done i kind of like that because i actually think that goes along with the attitude of evil dead and nash as well all right let's get into this so starting off, like most comics, we have the credits, and it is Ty Templeton script, Eduardo Vienna line art, House of Imagi ink slash colors, Jason Bascal letters, and cover art is credited to Michael Montenet and Viero Gadini. I'm not entirely sure which one did which, and I don't think they both did it together because one thing I didn't mention is that apart from the actual style of the covers, the Art on both covers are recognizably different. They're not so different that they're one is more or any of them are off character. They're just noticeably different. So distinctively different. That's a good way to say it. So, all right, let's get into the story. The story starts in Area 54. It's a government facility in the Northeast, and it's noted that this Area 54 has three more levels than Area 51. So I'm guessing that's to indicate it's bigger. The facility contains the most unusual artifacts that the government has gotten their hands on. And that includes, and probably most importantly to this story, or maybe second most importantly, we'll get to that in just a second, to this story are the Martian tripods and the preserved corpses of their pilots from the 19th century war. So right off the bat, I like the fact that it is most likely referring to the 1938 broadcast. Now, given the timeline they just said, it could be the 1955 movie as well. But I think because we have walking legged tripods on both covers, that is relaying that this is the 1938 uh, War of the Worlds adaptation story. But that's not all that's in Area 54. They also have some DNA from Yetis, Sasquatches. Actually, I had to check to see if I put Sam Squinch in my notes out of habit. And anyone that's been a longtime News as listener and or Trailer Park Boys watcher knows why I might have done that. But anyway, so it's I did write Sasquatches, Nessies, the Ebony Jewel of Amrose, and they have a new acquisition that is quickly becoming the crown jewel of area 54 the necronomicon ex mortis so we're introduced to our first character that is going to be part of this story apart from the uh, character that we absolutely know is going to be in this story and this is dr carter and he is about to record his research with the assistance of his lab tech clarence 
who repeatedly warns and protests against this research, explaining that Professor Noby and his daughter Anne and Dr. Gantley all went missing for a two-week period while they tried studying the Necronomicon. Dr. Carter dismisses the protest with a statement like, we're the government, we know what we're doing, which is instantly red flags of famous last words, and he begins to read directly from the book the words, Kanda, Nosferatas, Alomenin, Kanda, Tartra, Kanda, Estrakanda. I am positive I slaughtered every single one of those pronunciations, but I tried my best. So, Clarence stops him because he's starting to get something on the recording outside of Dr. Carter's voice. And along with this, the face on the book is starting to move. In fact, it's moving to the point that it actually starts laughing and speaks to Dr. Carter saying, well done, human fool. And with that, the glass window in the lab begins to crack and outbursts one of the Martian corpses. And surprisingly, along with no longer being a corpse, I suppose, it also talks. And it says, he, 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 everybody dies. With that proclamation, the Martian jumps on top of Dr. Carter and he's stating that everybody in this building is going to be dead by dawn. In his very last moments, Clarence reiterates one more time to Dr. Carter that this project willfully ignored standard safety protocols, and with that, he is torn completely in half at the waist by the Martian. Now, outside a bit away from Area 54, but not too far away, Uber driver, which that alone, just the idea cracks me up, but Uber driver Ash Williams is taking his fare deep into the boonies, but he mentions that he's happy to do it because the Olds is in need of a few repairs. Without opening, the passenger takes a few pot shots at the Olds. Ash defends it, of course, and at this point, the passenger is just kind of like, just give me the exit 13. To kind of keep the conversation alive or maybe an attempt at small talk, Ash Notes that exit 13, that's where that secret government facility is, right? And the passenger kind of tries to act dumb, like, what? And just before they can even get into any kind of conspiracy discussion, the entire conversation is thwarted when a fully functioning Martian tripod fires directly at the olds. So Ash's passenger is completely stunned that someone can even operate this vehicle because to her knowledge, no one on Earth knows how on the other side of this ash is livid that the door to the car is scratched and that's enough for him to chase after the tripod while exclaiming we need to exchange insurances that's how it's done the tripod just keeps on moving down the road setting fire to absolutely everything in its wake Ash's passenger goes on full disclosure mode and tells him to turn around as she's explaining that she does work for the government and her job is to reverse engineer the weird things that falls in the government's hands. She also explains that this tripod is a Martian machine from the War of the Worlds, to which Ash in utter astonishment says, the war of the, you mean that was real? So now the passenger is explaining best that she can put together at this point what's going on and she tells Ash that no one could ever even get into one of these machines, never mind operating it. So she's surmising that this is either a new one or it escaped from the lab. Whatever is going on, she knows, though, that Dr. Carter is behind it. And with that, she orders Ash to turn around and head back to Area 54. Still barreling the old straight ahead, there's a bridge ahead of them. 
that a tripod blows up. It's at this point that Ash reminds her about the conversation they just had minutes ago about the uh, repairs needed on the old. Oh, one of those repairs were adding brakes and the car goes over what was once the bridge. But instead of falling completely down to whatever that bridge was crossing, the car actually stops in midair and it seems to be floating inside a yellow beam. Now, from that Martian tripod, a voice is screaming out, You, the chosen one, you face your doom, prepare to die. Ash immediately recognizes this as a voice from the Deadites. Ash tries a direct attack, but turns out the Martian technology is impervious to his kinetic attacks from the outside. Laughing at his failed attack, the Martian drops the car and walks off, stating, Death is coming for you, chosen one, and the whole human race. At this point, Ash's passenger insists that they head back to the government facility, and also at this point, Ash now agrees. So, minutes later, they arrive, but the entire complex is on fire. There are, there are people running out. There's The two remaining tripods that were in the facility are now also operational. They're firing while in pursuit of people and picking them up off the ground with their mechanical tentacles. A voice from the dark or from one of the dark corners yells Norma and they look around at the corner of the building and it's Dr. Carter. So now Ash and now we learn finally his passenger's name Norma run over to meet him. Dr. Carter explains this all started when they were cataloging the Necronomicon. Ash, of course, reacts, stating that he keeps saying that that book needs to come with a warning label like a pack of cigarettes. Ash explains that sunlight usually takes care of the deadites, but since the light can't penetrate these tripods, they don't know what they're going to do. So thinking over the situation a little bit, Dr. Carter finally remembers how the Martians were defeated the last time, and that, of course, was by germs. But it also adds to this idea, how do you give a cold to something that's already dead? Old Norma suggests the obvious answer is with dead germs. And she doesn't mean it as a sarcastic, obvious answer. It is the real answer because the facility had extracted the germs from the dead Martians and the Necronomicon may have brought them back into the into existence as well and turned them into dead-eye germ versions of the germs that once defeated the Martians. There's only one problem with all this. They're in Doctor's lab, which is currently on fire. Dr. Carter goes running into the lab. Ash runs after him yelling, I know how this turns out. The hero gets the girl. Norma follows saying the outcome of the second war of the worlds is not going to depend on male bullshit as the second tripod continues to fire at everything in sight. The three manage to make their way into the cryogenics lab through a utility entrance that the fire hasn't quite reached yet. They retrieve the test tubes of the viruses Ash grabs one to see if he can sense deadites. The tube gives him what he says are the jumping heebies and that they are deadites, all right. From there, they try to formulate a plan on how to deliver the germs of the Martians because, as we learned in the first attack, the tribos are pretty much invulnerable to just about any outside force. Seemingly out of options, Ash offers himself up as human bait. Just as Norma protests this idea, a mechanical tentacle already grabs Ash, and as he's lifted off the ground, he mutters, gotta be careful what I wish for. Ash is dropped into the cage, attacking from the tripod, and just as the mechanical tentacle lets go, a Martian tentacle grabs him and brings him on board. Now on board, the Martian declares, the chosen one, your death is finally upon you. 
Ash answers, not when this little bottle of ancient snot is going to do you in. The Martian knocks the vial out of Ash's hand. It hits the ground, breaks open. The Martian raises Ash into the air, exclaiming, and now, Ash, it's time to die. It's time to, to, and with that, there is a violent moment of Martian vomit that completely engulfs Ash. The Martian falls to the floor, groaning, don't feel well, and then we see the tripod topple over and slam into the ground. A mostly Martian vomit-covered Ash saunters out to meet a equally vomit-covered Norma, who was picked to deliver the germs to one of the other tripods, while a lab assistant was picked to carry the germs to that last tripod. And in the wrap-up, Ash points out that old Dr. Carter is an ass and asks Norma flat out why she's dating him. She states that she's not and asks, what's wrong with you, Ash? He answers with nothing that can't be fixed by planting one on the hero's cheek, and she does in the form of a right hook to his jaw. Wiping the blood from his nose, Ash signs off with the groovy, and that's the end of the story. All right, let's get into notes, and I'm going to try to get through this without just praising every single panel of this. So we'll start with we'll start with the the overall the artwork. As, as a whole. So the artwork here is really good. To say it looks exactly like Bruce Campbell at any point in his life is a little bit of a stretch, but the, what really works for it is that the characters from page to page, panel to panel, look the same. So the artist took the, uh, whatever, the, the, the licensing is interpretation of what Evil Dead 2 timeline Ash looks like and stuck with it. That's important to me when going to stories. The continuity of the characters, at least the look of the characters. The colors in this are amazing. It is so vibrant when it needs to be, yet dark. I mean, there's a lot of night shots and a lot of fire. It is. It's really uh, great to look at. It's it's very a very a very vibrant comic considering. Well, I mean, it's campy horror and it's a little schlocky sci-fi when you think of the story. Not that War of the Worlds is by any means schlocky, but mixed in with Ash, you you have to balance the two and kind of. Uh, even out the playing field. So putting a little schlock into the war of the world thing, especially in the final final bit is perfect. It's, it's just, it's very well balanced. And I really, that's one of the things I think I really like about the story as well. The tripod designs. I didn't want to talk about that. I have that in my notes. They are unique. I've not seen this exact style, but they're not so far out that you don't know what it is uh, without man going into too much description. The tripod legs are almost kind of one unit. Then on top of the tripod legs are kind of just, it, it almost looks like if it were a, a body or if it were appendages, the, it looks like two arms are kind of holding the cop, cockpit out in the air. Now they're not arms, arms, like a, you know, a person's arms or an alien's arms. They're, they're metal. It's, it's that, that gap between the, the mechanism that are the legs and then the, what is presumably the cockpit is unique, but again, not so far different that it's, it, it, you, don't know what it's supposed to be instantly on site. The Martians themselves, the, the eyes, the tentacles, the beaks, a lot of this is what we have, I guess, seen before. It's It fits the description of the book is the point, the H.G. Wells book. If I want to quibble, they're green, and the book clearly states that they're gray, and even if they're following the 1938 storyline, that is gray as well. However... I can defend this. These were also being preserved 
in something for, let's see if it's, uh, uh, well, it's 2016 this issue was out, but Evil Dead 2 was what, like 90s? Let's say they've been preserved for 40 to 50 years, probably more than that, conservatively. And let's also say that formaldehyde doesn't preserve Martian flesh because they're not, you know, earth-based or whatever, uh, carbon-based like we are. So let's say whatever preservative they found that didn't eat the uh, flesh away of the Martians stained them green. So I can quibble and make up my own backstory in the same conversation. So I'm going to let that one slide, that, that little quibble, if I even want to call it a quibble. The story, this is just, it is, from beginning to end, it is a the perfect story for putting Ash in the War of the Worlds without being a time travel story, which is always a fear in these crossovers. I, I didn't get the sense this was by any means getting this, and I'm glad to see it's not. And I think the best part about this is how it ends. Him getting just covered head to toe in dripping, slimy, disgusting-looking, presumably bad-smelling vomit from this alien that just lie it's it looks like a just a it's it's a cannon shot of vomit on him there's no better ending to an evil dead or an ash story of this kind than that so that is uh that i could go on and on and i'm actually stopping myself but i'll just say there's there's really nothing about this comic i don't like uh, in fact, I, it's, I I would even say it's just the right length as well. I mean, it has everything going for it. The story, there's nothing missing from it. Doesn't feel rushed, and it gets to the end. And like I said, the way it ends, it's I, there's no better ending. So, rating time, coming to classic. I mean, is this going to surprise you to say that I am calling it a classic? I love this comic. It is dead on with all the characters. I just said I love the tripod design. Ash is perfect i mean from the the every line he has from the introduction of the character in this particular issue to the again the ending the ending that he goes through is both harrowing and funny i mean this 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 could be an ash versus evil dead halloween episode if just a little bit of tweaking to maybe open the story to fit it into that now ash versus evil dead world it could be an episode if it ever needed to do a one-off episode or fit it into whatever story that line, line they're doing that particular season. I love that it picks up with the Orson Welles story. At least presumably it does. I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say that it is. I kind of pleaded my case when I first thought of that in, uh, in this episode when I was going through the story. And I love the artwork. Like I said, I just I cannot say enough good about this story and this comic. I love it. So, about the only thing left to do in this episode is to talk about what's left for 2018's War of the Worlds Week. We still have some big shows coming up. We have the 50th anniversary broadcast, which will be posted this weekend. We have the War of the Worlds 80th anniversary celebration, which is a really in-depth look at everything that went into making the 1938 War of the Worlds broadcast. That is probably the most thorough coverage we've done on that one particular event yet in our war of the world's week it's something that i had a really a lot of fun researching and putting together so i'm really excited about that coming out and of course we have our annual broadcasting of the 1938 mercury theater on the air performance of the war of the worlds on its 80th anniversary october 30th which is this coming tuesday 
All right. I think that's it. Of course, if you just happened on this show and this episode and are interested in more of our War of the Worlds coverage this year and our past years, check us out at neozaz.com. All of our work is there, along with everything else that we do on the network. We are built on a huge foundation of pop culture and nostalgia. Chances are, if you have an interest in anything in pop culture, you're going to find something that we've talked about there. And again, it's neozaz.com. Our social media pages are Neozaz Podcast on Facebook and Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram. And that'll do it. So let me say one more time, thank you for listening, and I will see you in that next episode. <laughs>